Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero and glad you joined us today. And of course, I'm glad we have with us somebody that I have admired from afar and have done some work with and just have so much respect for him. And I thought it'd be time to introduce him to our audience today. His name is Jerome Verling. He is the team lead at City Life Lansing and the executive director of Love the City. Jerome, welcome to our show. Hey, good to be on here. Hi, Vic. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. And there's just so many things you're doing. I've got a face made for radio, so this is working out. But I wish people could see how energetic you are because you're the kind of guy that I don't know if you ever sleep, but it looks like you just have more energy than most anybody can imagine. I'm glad we got you here, and they'll see what I mean here as we get moving. But tell me a little bit about what your role is as team lead and as the executive director for both City Life and for the Love the City organizations. Yeah, there are two initiatives under kind of the same heartbeat, which is City Life exists to love the city one life at a time, and Love the City is an extension of loving the one. So City Life sees the city as good and it's all about life. At the end of the day, ROI doesn't matter if it's not investing and impacting people. And Love the City helps mobilize that through five initiatives, events, development, care, businesses, and educational resources in the city, primarily in marginalized neighborhoods and you know underserved demographics, typically. Well, and the more people know about what you're doing, I think the more excited they are to learn more and to be around your organization. But before we get into all of the good stuff that's going on there, why don't you take me back a little bit to where this all began? Are you a state of Michigan born and raised? Hey, I'm a little cat from Pinckney, Michigan. So you find me over there in what is known as the village. It's like Cheers, where everybody knows my name. The local barbershop was my grandpa. The performing arts theater is my great grandma. And then we picked up, moved, went to the big old town to Mason at the time. And then that kind of led us to eventually Lansing. So that's the journey. It's from kind of a garden to a city. Yeah, well, you know, of course, I grew up in a little town called Gregory, Michigan, just south of Pinckney. So, uh, yeah, and I don't even think it's got a, well, I think now it has a stoplight. So, but at any rate, those are small little bergs. And so you grew up kind of in a rural spot. Were your folks, what was their occupation? Yeah, my mom, she did advertising forever with the shopping guide and then uh, Lansing State Journal and then was a part of a magazine publication here in the area, which was formerly known as Lansing City Limits Magazine and was changed to The View from in Michigan, which is no longer around. But that was kind of her journey in the marketplace. And then my dad, he was a general manager for a dealership out of Fowlerville, Dick Scott Motor Mall, for 21 years. So it's kind of around those two streams all the time. (laughs) Well, and sales is an interesting thing. They were in sales, and you're not really selling as much as you are sharing and uh, getting people kind of excited about the stuff you share. So that's kind of interesting. But your ministry, your work is Christian-based. And so did that come from mom and dad pouring into you as a youngster, or was there another event in your life that took place? Yeah, I had the understanding that, you know, kind of the upbringing, okay, awareness of God or some type of higher power. But for me, you know, my story, we all got one. I kind of wanted to go to the NBA. Once that didn't happen, I chose a lifestyle that was pretty dark right around 15 to 22 years old and find myself living two worlds. I was really good student right out of high school. I was working at the magazine for my mom. So it was 
kind of business world by day and I was partying heavily at night and those don't mix really well. And finally got to the dead end of myself at 22 years of age and knew I needed a change. So I had this transformative moment. I stayed up all night at a party and decided to go to church on an Easter Sunday of all days and just decided to respond. It, the message of the good news of Jesus just really wrecked me and impacted me and changed the trajectory of my life 20 years ago. So that's kind of what was the change for me to incorporate faith holistically, you know, shape and mold my life after that one experience. Never perfect since then, but the change has been absolutely permanent and transformative. Well, and it's really interesting. And of course, we'll be able to get into this as we get into other segments. But, you know, you have quite a musical interest and passion for music. So where did that come from? Were mom and dad musicians as well? Growing up, you know, you're always around it. You relate to this, you know, the record era, you know, 8-track, then tapes and then (laughs) CDs and all that, right? So when you got your hands on music, it was something you valued. My dad loved music, and I just remember being enamored with music at a young age. Got introduced to hip hop at nine years old. I was listening to, you know, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy in Pinkney. And then, so that kind of shaped and molded my life in some unique ways, which was awesome. Just, you know, being around the music scene. My dad plays piano, my dad played music. So I always was kind of around it and got heavy into the punk rock era, the alternative era. And it was fun. And then became in a band at 15, started doing battle rapping when Eminem was real big in the late 90s in Detroit, and then gave it all up when I had that experience on Easter and didn't know I would ever even use it again. And then decided to use it as a tool a couple years later to impact kids and tell them about our story. And then it became used in a very powerful, redemptive way. And, you know, you've had such a big impact. And there's so many good things that are happening as a result of what's going on right here in the greater Lansing area. I'm so excited to hear more about what's going on with your organizations and how it's all working. And I'm so glad you joined us right here on Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We'll be right back. The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verstero, and of course, I've got the amazing Jerome Verling with us. He's team lead at City Life Lansing and executive director of Love the City. And I want to hear more about those organizations. And I think it all begins, Jerome, really with the why. What makes sense to you to be at the focal point or the original founding spot of those organizations and why that makes sense to you? Yeah, the 62nd elevator pitch or just you know the skinny of it is for us we were traveling around with a organization called sounds good where we were helping reach and impact the youth with music and we found ourselves traveling in different states and even different countries and the whole time we're living in landing 
but we're going out and we're helping these different cities and impacting youth and going to correctional facilities and bars and nightclubs and school assemblies and all that. But in the background, in the place I live, there was quite a presence of just bad news on the front page of the paper all day long. There was nine shootings in six days in one summer back in 2013. And all over above the fold was schools were testing in the lowest 5%. We just felt this unction, well, how can we keep traveling around and helping all these other cities? Why don't we just bloom where we're planted and this, help this specific need that's right in front of our face? And so that's what birthed it was first, I think any vision has to, you got to follow your fears. So it broke our heart. This is what's happening in the place I'm in, I'm driving in where we live. And then I think the final straw was there was a prostitution ring busted just a mile and a half away from our house. And it was like, all right, let's get in the trenches. Let's just be here and let's be amongst and let's love people one life at a time. I just love it. To me, that's the interesting part of what you and your team have pulled together is the notion that, you know, everybody seems to be thinking like bulldozing great big swatches of stuff. And you guys, it seems like have brought it down to, yeah, you know, it's as simple as love the person that's next to you, bumping into somebody and being kind, you know, a lot of different things. So that's kind of the origin was to kind of You were traveling around, but all of a sudden you thought, wait a minute, what's going on right here underneath my nose and what's local? So when you think about loving one person at a time, did you ever imagine it would have the impact? Because it seems small, but boy, has it been powerful. You know, you always have big dreams, but when you get in it and you're in the game, it's just, why are you doing it? And for the love of it was why we started. And so we didn't think of what would be next or what was the output that could happen. It was just get present. And I remember showing up at one of the schools and talking to a principal and I said, Hey, my name's Jerome. We've been traveling around, but we're looking to start love the city and city life. And we want to help. We saw the news. Maybe we could help with tutoring. And we said something along the effect that we think people are going to move from all over the nation, be a part and help Lansing. And uh, the brightest and the best are going to stay and also come. And she looked at me and she laughed. She tells me the story later. She goes, my staff asked, why did you laugh at him? She goes, because we don't have people come in every day to say they want to help and, you know, just serve. She thought I was joking at first. And anyways, that continued to build a great relationship. And we were able to start by tutoring one of the basketball teams in Lansing and just show up and. What was the secret sauce, if you will? Nothing. It's show up, love people, bring some snacks, and try to open up a Chromebook or you know a textbook and add some value and come alongside and do life with kids. And that was the first step, the first domino, if you will. And Jerome, was the focus on kids, did that make sense to you to start there with kids? Yeah. I think a lot of the work I've seen over time is very reactive, and I think we're impulsive by nature where it's like, oh, I got to help this crisis. And to me, as you really strategize, you think, wait, let's be proactive, you know? And I think about things like D.A.R.E. and how that was trying to tell me as a kid, hey, don't go down this other path. And there wasn't enough, I think, material that helped proactively, you know, shape and influence in a way that I understood contextually. So to me, you have to start with the youth. The younger, the better, and not in a manipulative way, but because you genuinely want to see legacy impact in 
the future that is our youth today. Well, so to I, me, it's just a no-brainer. I love it. I don't want to miss this if, in case I misunderstood it, but did you say that as you compared it to your options, it's not just about saying don't, but it's about giving some positives. Did I misinterpret that? Is that where you went? That's not exactly where I went, but I do think seeing it from an optimistic outlook is essential. If you don't have that, why are we even in the game? Yeah, well, I think if I've watched your organization, to me, there's such positive spin-up of energy where people would look at that and go, I want to be a part of that. And I think that's way different than running around saying don't. And so maybe if I'm interpreting that, at least my takeaway from the amazing, powerful things you're doing is giving a lot of great alternatives and positive things and positive energy right here in the community. And man, we can't thank you enough for it. And Jerome, I can't thank you enough for being here on the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I have Jerome Verling. He's with us and he's the team lead for City Life Lansing. And he's also the executive director of Love the City and doing such great work. I just had to make sure we understood all the good things that are going on. And so, Jerome, as you think about some of the early days and some of the young people that you've impacted with these programs, how did you get people to buy into your vision? How did you build a team? How did you go from small to such great vision and such great results? Wow, that's pretty humbling to have you say that. But to me, it's you have to have a vision that one inspires you. Like what gets you up and what would you give your life to? And what would you serve if you weren't the lead? And yeah, to me, yeah. leadership is all about serving and to me, I like the thought of, okay, as an individual, I can be like a scoring point guard. Let's just use some basketball terms. Yep. I love who. And <laughs> scoring, you got to go out and you might get 20 and 10. But, you know, you move on in life, you recognize if you want to win a championship, you're only as good as your team. So you might need to move to a passing point guard. And then as life goes on, you move to a coach and maybe a GM. But to me, our vision was so big that we couldn't do it alone. And I knew it wasn't about me scoring had to get the right team involved. It had to be motivated with the right why. And to me, what you do is important, but who you do it with is oh. infinitely more important. And so it was just like-minded people with chemistry, competency, capacity, but it had to have some non-negotiables. You had to love the city, you had to love the one, and you had to believe that love runs to, not from. Mm. So you have to be active participants, not just demonstrators or on the sidelines you know, it's heckling. And that just started bringing the right people. It was, I mean, not a lot at first. And then the team, we called it the dream team, because you think back to the 80s and 
you had Jordan and right, Bird and right. Magic, and you had the Dream Team, you know? And, but that's unattainable. Like, how many people are ever going to be a part of the Olympic basketball team? But I think what is such a greater kind of something you can hold on to, which is what's happening right in front of you locally. And if you believe that, it bleeds over and people catch that and they're caught by it. So to me, it was twofold. Well, you know, what did I feel like, you know, the Lord was putting in me? But secondly, in people, I think they were unlocking. It was almost like a tapestry or a map that kept getting unlocked. They had things in them. And when you combine it, we started bringing just this portfolio as a dream team together way more than we could ever do alone. So it's that African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So, yeah, that's what it's about. Well, let me break this down a little bit because, you know, our business audience, really, some of them are thinking about this. And I just want to reaffirm with everybody that building a team, I know that building a team in volunteer worlds and different staffing, it's not, I don't think, all that dissimilar because it's part of making sure there's clarity in the vision and that we have the vision is so crystal clear, it can be articulated over and over again where people can go, aha, yeah, I want that. And I think that's sometimes what's missing in business is people oftentimes get caught up in trying to talk about where they want to go, but they don't have a crystal clear vision and a sense of we're going to do this together. So tell me about, did you have some help, early team members that were together with you that were helping you create this vision or was it all divine inspiration? Who can you give credit to when your whole life is everyone gets credit. And so I think at some level, there's not enough names I could add. I'm sure there was moments when I was three that subliminally was impacting me. But there was a core team of 10 of us that were speaking into this vision, refining it early on. But a lot of it was building the plane while you fly it. You don't have it all figured out. You just got to get in the game. So get messy. So the early adopters get tons of credit. But one part of the story could pick up to me, there's an infinite amount of mentors and peoples and books and resources that share in everything we do. You know, it's like every music or every thought, it's inspired from somewhere or something. And I think that's the discipline to humble myself and say, there's no way this is from me and it didn't involve just me. It involves so many people. And then each one of us, we carry our kind of baton, you know, in this race. Because it has to be bigger than each one of us. Right. And let's all face it, what you're describing didn't involve a lot of resources in terms of financially being able to pay people a big salary to join your vision, right? So you're getting them excited and they're giving more than they're getting technically, I guess. So tell me about that because getting them to sign on to a bigger vision is not easy. Yeah. No, I mean, you're speaking to it. You know, when everyone's trying to buy you as a person in general, just everywhere you go, work here, devote your life here, spend your money here. And what are we selling in a nonprofit organization? It has to be the why. And the why has to be, okay, what, at the end of the day, why are we doing this? And to me, it's coming back to that, the why before we do the what. If we believe that people deserve love and that we can, add value and that's worth more than any dollar that could come in and of course it's important to be able to pay our bills you name it but it's this grassroots heartbeat to say at a cultural level you know foundational level why are we doing it and then from that place you know we had language where i think back to use a hoop analogy again when you went to open gym 
you would pay to play because you loved it. Yeah. And so we would say, hey, we're doing this for the love of the game. And what's the game? People. How many? One. <laughs> the kid right in front of us. And so in that, I think the, the reward is not only helping and serving, and it's so exhilarating, but this is, I think, the most underrated thing of being able to be close to people is how much we learn and we get out of it. It's not what we're giving. And it's actually in turn what's happening to us. Oh, so yeah. Love the City is more of a story about how we're being reached too as we're connected learning from every walk of life in the sphere we're in. Well, I love it, Jerome. Love you. And I love the fact that you're sharing this here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. We're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown, and you found the Michigan Business Network. We're so grateful you tuned in. We're grateful to have the time of a very busy gentleman, Jerome Verling, who's the team lead of City Life Lansing and the executive director of Love the City. And Jerome, in that last segment, there were so many good things. I just didn't want to go to break because part of what we had here is we talk about so many of us in business that we're trying to pay people and we think that the more we pay them, the happier they are. And what I wanted to stand on was part of what you've learned through this process is that you've got people committed to a vision, people committed to changing lives one at a time, people doing just great things, and it's not about the money. Yeah, it's darn handy, but boy, what I'm hearing you say is that if you keep the main thing the main thing, then, you know, finances become a little less important. And I think we see that when we give people raises because they say one of the most fleeting things we ever receives is that raise and then they go on to the same level of satisfaction they were at before. Yeah. And in your world, yeah. you can't write the checks so much, but you can help them understand and keep the vision of where we're headed. So I just love the fact that that's what you've built things. And I want to change up gears here a little bit because there's something else that I can't wait to talk about because it's something that I think might have exceeded even your wildest imagination. But you had a vision to create kind of a mobile unit that could take the love to the city. And so tell me a little bit about the vision of that. Yeah, so we'd seen it done, not specifically like we eventually rolled out, but we got the idea in different cities, some big major cities where people had this truck and the truck could take a concert on wheels. You could have basically programs in neighborhoods that kids could be a part of, you know, do food. And in the spirit of when that ice cream truck rolls up in your neighborhood, how excited you were as a kid. You're like, oh my goodness, the ice cream truck is coming. <laughs> and you asked for money. So we thought, well, what would it look like if Love the City was able to get a truck where kids hear the truck coming but it's not get the money. They know, ooh, it's free. And they're coming because they just want to share love. They want to let me know I belong. And then they want to empower me to let me know I have purpose. So those are the three things that the truck does. So yeah. then not only did we roll out a vision for the truck, we thought at best we would get a used one. 
right. but we didn't want to compromise quality. People got behind it. We ended up getting a brand new truck, the Love the City truck, and we converted a step van, which is basically a FedEx truck for those that are listening, and was able to put power on it, speakers on it, have a <laughs> stage, and roll up in any neighborhood and do these block parties yeah. where kids and families could be a part of these summer you know, touch points, these block parties to just have a lot of fun. And it was zero strings attached, just letting people know their love belong and have purpose. So that's the tag, but how it's felt at the end of the day, you know, this Vic is vision is one thing, but culture eats vision for lunch yeah, every day of the absolutely. week. And culture is people. So you can have it on the wall. Here's what we're going to do, but it's the people. So the people that are coming, the people that are in these neighborhoods, living, being a part of it. And it's just been so fun how many relationships have been built from these. Now we've been doing them for three summers since we got our truck. And now we're looking to mobilize this next summer coming up. That's a great overview of what that truck is all about. And to your point, it isn't a small FedEx van. It's like a bread truck. This yeah, is there you go. big. And the other thing is that it truly is an event. I mean, what they pull out of that truck, they'll pull out stage. They've got a sound system. And I say they, that's your volunteers that are running the show. And then inside, I don't know how you did it, but you've got freezers and refrigerators and all kinds of stuff that preserves what you're handing out. And so not to mention, you know, after just a few minutes, so once that truck's parked, talk about a mobile party, everything from hula hoops to balls and basketballs. <laughs> I mean, it all rolls out. It's the thing that makes kids go, wow. And I just think what's really cool, and I want to encourage people because I know you guys got a schedule you go to and everything else, but this is so exciting because it's not like some type of a youth camp event comes out with a bunch of preaching. There's a bunch of music and a bunch of fun stuff, and not a lot more than that happens other than maybe some of the private one-on-one -on -one conversations that can be really empowering. So congratulations on that. I just am so excited. But I've only got about a minute left. But tell me, when you went to get the truck, you didn't get a used one. You got brand new because people got behind that vision financially and gave to your organization to make it happen, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, the story is a testament to the team. It's a testament to together. It's a testament to, you know, just the power of unity through diversity. And yeah, that is what happened. Some gave, some helped make it possible by, you know, setting stuff up or some went and was there present having the games with the kids or playing soccer or, you know, the list of activities that you mentioned. So <laughs> absolutely floored by how it happened yeah. and yeah has this dream in big how can we steward that well and then you know look to what's next well all i can say you guys are a force for good and it's just so exciting to have this story unfolded right here on the leadership lowdown so glad you tuned into the michigan business network we're going to take a quick break and come right back The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. 
Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. We're back here on the Leadership Lowdown and the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bercero with my friend Jerome Verling. He is the team lead of City Life Lansing and the executive director of Love the City. And Jerome, the whole world has been through some pretty trying times recently. And here we have an organization that is all about people and some of them not necessarily the most advantaged people either. So tell me in the last couple of years with all that the world's been through, any tough situations that you've been able to be exceptionally blessed in or have found triumph in as you've worked your way through the pandemic? <laughs> well, the pandemic was challenging for every single person on the planet. And we saw enormous loss firsthand from officiating funerals to serving families that were losing their loved ones to everything else that we had never experienced before obviously never led through a pandemic and it was like pouring yourself out and what came to mind when you were saying about the pandemic is you know when they tell you if you're on a flight the first thing you would do if something happened you put the oxygen mask on yourself and i remember we were leading through the pandemic how can we serve people well with video resources zoom calls touch points that people would feel cared for and i remember my pastor mentor from city life philly brad leach he said hey maybe one of the best things you could do right now is not go harder but just get off the grid for a short period of time and you know put the oxygen mask on yourself if mm-hmm. you will and to me that was so counterintuitive because man I, no days off you gotta go hard or go home but i knew it was leadership to use that term there was a component that if I have more margin, I'm going to be able to serve better. A healthier me would be able to help people better. And I remember during the pandemic, using that time, our family got off the grid. It was hard because you're processing your own trauma. You're processing what it's like to lead and invest in people and what's coming out of you. But it's good because you're creating the space to feel, think, develop have conversations as a family and then kind of come back into the saddle and with new perspective, new thoughts. So to me, that's what stood out most in the pandemic was I'm finite. Well, duh. So is every person on this, we're all limited, but we have to make sure we have the things in place for us that we can invest in people well. And so a healthier version of ourselves, spiritually, emotionally, physically is always going to, you know, carry over into the teams we lead. I think what you just struck on is the whole notion of how do you live your life. Again, with the business leaders that tune into a show like this, there's an awful lot of people that I don't think have oftentimes a good life balance. And so if we have that wheel that we always look out, we have all these different things, everything from family to finances to work life to a spiritual life, you know, all those things. And if any one of those is an area that's completely broken, that whole wheel doesn't function very well. And I think what you're sharing is that there's wisdom in making sure it's rounded out. And so let me ask you this, where do leaders go? And here's why I'm asking this, is that when you're the leader, oftentimes you've got all the answers, or at least people expect you to. And so I think in your world, don't you find that People come to you and they immediately expect that you're going to have these answers. And sometimes it's not always easy to pull those answers out. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because I think 
one, people aren't looking to just follow a leader that's always right. Craig Rochelle always says that. They're trying to follow a leader that's always real. And if we're real and vulnerable by just admitting, one, we don't have all the answers. Two, our job is servant leaderhood. So we want to help empower or equip and ask questions so that they can be, you know, better positioned to 10x their life. So it's really, you know, not a top down, but it's like a left, right, you know, that passing point guard. So when they come to us, I think it is a posture to say, hey, I don't know that one. I'll look into it or here would be some good questions to ask. And I've seen this modeled well for me where we don't want to become a funnel where everything flows through us. We want to become the opposite where we're just, you know, pushing it out and out and out and out. So I do think it's flipping the game the opposite way where it's not, hey, come to me, but it's no, no, in any way that I can help you. And it's a nuance, but it's a culture that I do think that can be cultivated and that I've had to continue to learn over and over because sometimes my tendency is to want to solve it. Yeah. I'm a quick start, you know, let's go now, let's go fast. And for the Colby test heads out there, I'm a high quick start. So I want to change. I want to move. I want to, you know, create momentum. That's just not sustainable. And it's not the full picture of humanity. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) but anyways, when people come to us for that, and then I think relating, if people feel you relate, that's empathy. Empathy is entering in. I remember during the pandemic, there was this language that, you know, that was impacting us, which was these three steps. One is we pain together. Two is we play together. Three is we then can pray together because we try to work it backwards all the time. We're like, oh, I just pray or let me help you or here, take this or read this. It's like, it's shallow. People want to know, do you feel their pain? Do you see them? Are we in this together? And then, hey, can we play together? Is there a spot for me? Is there some way relationally fun activities? And then, hey, let's have some deeper conversations about life as we're going. So that helped us through the pandemic. But talking about it now, I mean, you caught me in the middle of it. Oh, my goodness. Who knew up, down, left, right? Yeah. Well, and there's so many amazing elements that go into that. Well, hey, thanks for giving us that chance, a little glimpse into that world a little bit. So, Jerome, we're glad you're here. We're glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network and glad you're here with us on the Leadership Lowdown. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. our final segment right here with Jerome Verling on the Michigan Business Network. And we're so glad that Jerome's with us sharing some of his thoughts on the Leadership Lowdown. Jerome, before we run out of time, and it's just so fun to have an opportunity to talk to a leader like you, tell me about people that struggle to get the vision in their organization out. I've been in some leadership roles where sometimes the vision is frustrating. After a while, everybody gets sick of talking about it, but yet a lot of people haven't even understood it or taken up and gotten excited about it. So any thoughts or concepts on how some of our leaders can really get the vision in their organization properly communicated and everybody on board? 
Yeah, Seth Godin, he has some phenomenal work. We've adopted his three steps that he says there's a dream stage, there's a thrash stage, then there's a shift stage. So the dream is any idea can go, nothing's too big, let's talk about it. Then the second stage is in this phase, we're thrashing. Okay, can that work? We're doing our SWOT analysis. Where's the rubber meet the road? How can we get traction? And then the last is, okay, we got to ship a product. But to work that backwards, I think one of the things that works against us, especially in the business world, and this is the same thing in the nonprofit world as well, is our deadlines can sometimes be unrealistic and unreasonable. And then therefore it's dangerous because it creates this pressure. So we don't even know what we're saying or selling, if you will, quotations, because we got to ship it. So we get it out and it can be, you know, over promise, under deliver. So I think number one is we got to have the margin to evaluate what is our vision, create time for it, whether that's retreats. It's messy. It's a lot of work. I keep on my whiteboard that simple wins. And that's all I have on it right now. I used to have a lot of stuff on it, but then very small, I actually wrote simple is complex though. (laughs) Because ultimately you can be simple, be clear, be concise. Where are we going? What are we doing? You know, Vic, I know we share a love about Disney World. You put me up on game when I went there. They were simple about so many things. Now, maybe somebody doesn't like the Disney experience. I get it. Maybe this analogy falls short for them experientially. But for me, it was amazing (laughs) because I was able to know where to go, what to do, because it was simple. Now, we could say, oh, they got billions of dollars. There's no way we could do that. No, they started somewhere. And that's the same principle everybody's had as you kind of perfect your own recipe. You take a piece that might work from somebody else and you keep crafting it. So then the second tool, when I'm coming into vision, I'm thinking, okay, what's the problem we're going to solve? And then what's our solution and our game plan? And as we work through those exercises and the whole goal is, okay, how do we ship a simple vision about what we do and why we're doing it? And then add deadlines. And then we have a picture of where we're going and you can work backwards from there. Okay. 10 years, five years one year and then break it down into bite-sized goals. But I think sometimes we just don't have a compelling vision because the problem we're solving isn't compelling enough. And we got to go to those places and those retreat centers, if you will, and have these whiteboard, just raw meetings with each other and say, hey, let's refine why we do and what we do and then how we want to do it. Man, that's just worth the price of a mission right there, Jerome. That's really good stuff. And really going full circle back to the Disney concept. I remember years ago, I learned the story of, you know, what was Walt Disney's dream about the parks. And part of what he looked at was trying to say, look, I'm taking my daughter to an amusement park. It was dirty, filthy, and not nice. And then on top of it, he was sitting watching her ride a ride that he was too big to ride on. So he wanted the idea of getting all the family together, being able to ride the ride together. And then the other thing is he demanded a clean park. Well, so now fast forward to the young father and son that's sitting in line waiting for the ice cream cone and it's been a half hour wait for them because everything at Disney is a half hour wait and so you're waiting to get your ice cream cone you get the ice cream cone you finally walk outside because you just paid way too much money for that thing you're in the 80 degree heat the little child is looking all around holding his ice cream cone on a 45 degree angle and flat all of a sudden the ice cream hits the ground and when it does the very first thing that the little custodian that was 
told in the orientation that Walt Disney demanded a clean park. He rushes over, and does he push the kid out of the way to clean up the ice cream? No, he gets on his microphone, and he calls the ice cream shop. And he says, I need a Superman ice cream cone out here, stat. And so the little girl comes out the corner and brings that brand new cone, hands it to the child. Father and son go off happy because there's no charge, and it's done instantaneously, and tears are wiped away. Then the custodian cleans the park. And it's understanding the bigger picture. And so a clean park was important, but the overall experience was what we were looking for. And I think when you talk about all of that, it goes all the way full circle, Jerome, to what you said earlier. It's going back to the individual, the one. Who are we serving right now? Who are we with? And how can we impact that? And man, you've done a great job in so many ways here in the greater Lansing area. Let me ask you in the few seconds we've got remaining, tell me about how people can engage in your organization. Well, you can find us online, citylifelansing.com or lovethecity.org. And you'll see a team that is amazing. I want the team to get so much credit because it truly is a we story. That's the speed we go at. That's some custom language we've used outside of our vision sessions is we go at the speed of we. And we say that like an amusement park and somebody can steal this. You can adopt it. But it's speed of we (laughs) because speed of me is overrated. But you get your speed of me on every team because me is in the team. But the speed of we is way better. Oh, that's so cool. Jerome, you are a fantastic gift to the city, and you are being used in some beautiful, wonderful ways. And I'm just so grateful that you're in my life and you've shared your life here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercero. I can't wait to talk to you next time.